0: our first passage is going to be Isaiah 40 and our second passage will come from 2nd Peter and it will they'll demonstrate for us now that we're in this in-between time Isaiah is speaking to his people in his day about the beginning of the rescue operation or the next major step of the rescue operation and that's Jesus first coming then Peter Will speak to the people of of his day of when that rescue operation is totally finished. And, And that is Jesus' second coming. In Advent, it means coming, to come. Advent is a time when we both look back at Jesus' first coming and we look ahead to his second coming so that the rescue operation will be fulfilled and completed. Let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for this time to gather. Thank you for your written word. And, and we pray that you will take your living word and speak to our hearts and our souls. Release us. Free us to, to follow in the ways of Jesus. Teach us how to wait upon you in between. Jesus' first and second coming. It's in His name we pray. Amen. Isaiah chapter 40. It's found on page 581 in your pew Bible. and invite you to, to turn there. Read the first uh, 11 verses. Hear the word of the Lord. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her. shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, Here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might. And his arm rules for him. His reward is with him. And his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. And carry them in his bosom. And gently lead the mother's sheep. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Isaiah speaking to the people of Israel in, their, in the mess of their day, in the brokenness and sin of their day, as they're crying out for a rescue. Isaiah speaking the word of the Lord to them. says, be at ease. Be comforted. In the midst of your brokenness, your plight, your sin, be at ease because God's mercy is upon you. Just as we had last night with with the choir. They helped set us at ease by recounting the story of Calvary. Recounting the, the story of Bethlehem. Of God becoming flesh. Dwelling with us. Living for us. Dying for us. Being raised to new life. So that we could join with Him. Isaiah is simply giving the people of his day a promise. He's saying, This is true. This will happen because it's the word of the Lord. We, on the other hand, had the advantage not only of seeing his word here, but of knowing the rest of the story and how it was fulfilled in Christ. How in him, God did come among us as a shepherd, carrying his people. As lambs in his arms. And how we know in him and in his death that God's wrath was satisfied, his judgment was satisfied, totally fulfilled in Jesus. And, and instead of God coming as this fiery judge, We're told that he, and we know that he came, as a gentle shepherd to rescue each of us. To lead us out of our pain, whatever it might be. Whatever our sin, whatever mess that we're in. Jesus is the perfect fulfillment of that comfort that Isaiah is speaking to us. Jesus fulfills it perfectly in His life. I mean, we see it over and over again in how He acted towards those that were around Him. I mean, a, a few stories that, that came to mind. Uh, go back to Mark chapter 5. Uh, there you you see the, the story of, of the woman who'd been bleeding for years and years, hemorrhaging. So not only physically drained from her disease, but spiritually an outcast because she was unclean. And she simply touches Jesus' garment and His gentle power heals her. In that same chapter, you read the story of the the guy on the other side of the lake who lives in a cave, who the people are scared of him because he's in mental illness, demons, all the rest that overcome him. He can't control himself. At times they've tried to chain him up to protect them, but now he lives in a cave and Jesus shows up on the shore. And he frees him from his shackles, physical and spiritual. Even the story of Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19, that that filthy rich guy who is captive to his own lies, to his deceptions, who is enslaved under his wealth. And Jesus looks up the tree Zacchaeus, I'm having dinner with you tonight. And Zacchaeus comes down and is freed. Salvation is his. That's the gentle healer. That's the, the rescue that God sends to us no matter where we are. The broken, the ill. Sinners like me and you find hope and healing and rescue. So how do we wait? We wait. How do we wait? What we, what we just sang, we, we live in that comfort, in that ease. That, that we are God's friend. And maybe even more importantly, He is our friend. That in His grace, He hears our call and rescues us. Christmas. Christmas what we're preparing for, what we're setting up for, is that most prominent step of God's rescue operation. So feel. Feel the comfort of the incarnation. Feel the peace that God became one of us and He came as a baby. That, That God had to have His diapers changed. God had to be fed. And that He was raised to be that comforting, gentle healer, rescuer. That He truly did fulfill what He said in in Luke 4. That He came to bring good news to the poor. To bring sight to the blind. To release the captives from whatever imprisons them. That's the comfort that Jesus brings to us. How do we wait for Him? We rest. We surrender to His love as a comforting heavenly Father. One who sent His only Son to dwell with us and to die for us. Be at ease. God is indeed our friend and we are His. Now, Peter then points us ahead, points us ahead to, to the second coming. I mean, we wait today looking back at the first. And as we gather at communion, we will remember that first coming and how Jesus' body and blood nourish us, save us, rescue us. But we also look ahead toward his second coming. And, and there, Peter will teach us, just as he'll teach his people, then how to, how to wait Because in Peter's day, it was really hard to be a Christian. I mean, you were a persecuted minority. And you were shunned by your religious community, shunned by your family. I mean, it was considered this minority cult in the first century. And so it was really hard to follow Jesus. And they were wanting to know, when's he coming back? It'd be really nice if it were tomorrow. You know, we've all felt that way. Maybe it's when, if exams are coming up, it'd be really nice if Jesus came back soon, right? Or when, you know, at least by April 15th, when taxes are due, given the economic situation, it'd be really nice. If you're going to come back, come on back. Before then. And Well, that's what they're asking even more so. Maybe some of our, our friends in Iraq are asking that question. You know, just this week, one of the elders in the church in Mosul was shot three times. The the second of three, the first elder was kidnapped and murdered two years ago, and now Elder Shamel, who Chappie and I met when we went to um, uh, Syria to meet with the leaders of the church in Iraq, was shot three times, and now has had to leave Mosul in order to recuperate. One was just it was in his chest cavity and missed his heart. He's still alive, so we're thankful for that they they might be asking with all seriousness jesus when you're coming back here's how peter answered that question of how do we wait chapter 3 of second peter beginning with verse 8 page 988 in your pew bible or on the screen but do not ignore this one fact beloved That with the Lord one day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years are like one day. The Lord is not slow about His promise. As some think of slowness. But is patient with you. Not wanting any to perish. But all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. And then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise. And the elements will be dissolved with fire and the earth. And everything that is done on it will be disclosed. Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be in leading lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set ablaze and dissolved, and the elements will melt with fire. But in accordance with His promise... We wait for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness is at home. Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, strive to be found by Him at peace without spot or blemish. And regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. How does Peter tell the people then, as he tells us today, how do we we wait for this second coming? He says, one, he joins with Isaiah. Know that it's coming. Just like Isaiah said, this is coming because the the, 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 the word of the Lord has spoken it. More sure than the sun rising tomorrow morning is the second coming of Jesus. Because the word of the Lord has spoken it. But he tells them, you know, remember, your time and God's time, they're not the same. For to God, he sees all of history as one still picture. All of history before him as one still shot. A thousand days or as a year? A year as a thousand days. And the delay that we feel, Peter tells us, is God's patience. Again, an act of God's grace and mercy because He wants more and more to hear the Word, to hear of His comfort and peace and grace, to know of the rescue operation so that they too might turn to Him and experience His love and forgiveness. But He tells us that day will come like a thief. In other words, it's going to come. And when it comes, it will be in a blink of an eye. But when it comes, everybody will know it. That's why He says that the heavens will be dissolved with a loud noise. You know, the, the first time, Jesus, got, God rescued us in a little manger, in a little baby, in a no-name village. In some hole in the wall, literally. The second time. When the rescue operation is completed, he will come and all will know and there will be no question. So rest in knowing God will fulfill his word in his time. And the second thing he says, and live for his coming. Live for His coming. To to wait for Jesus is to live for Jesus. I believe that this is one of the most significant doctrines of the Christian faith that we don't focus on too much. But it's been prominent throughout the history of the church. I mean, it's the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed. I mean, we look forward to His return. An important part of Advent And remember, when Isaiah gave his words of comfort to the people of faith of his day, it was 500 plus years before Jesus showed up. When he returns again, Peter says, the the things of the world will, will be destroyed. They will be dissolved the, the things that are, are worldly, that are not of God, will be totally dissolved as by fire. What will be revealed, the end of verse 10, are the things on earth and the things that are done on earth that are done for Him. That are done in godliness. How we have lived for Him is what will then be disclosed. And and often we look at the second coming as a day of judgment. And so it's with fear and fire and brimstone. That's not what Peter's doing. Peter's saying, look forward to this day. Won't that day be great? When all the effort that we've put into following Jesus, taking bullets even, will then be revealed for all that they were before God. They will be satisfied and completed. We will be rescued. And what we have done for Jesus. Will be disclosed and revealed. For all of eternity. It will be the only thing that will last. So how do we wait then for Jesus? We, we live for Jesus. We, we practice now that new heaven and that new earth. That he has for us. That one day we will live without effort. Through all eternity. That's why Peter has before them, in accordance with his promise, we wait for the new heavens and the new earth. And it's a great phrase where righteousness is at home. As followers of Jesus, we live righteous lives in a world that does not reward righteousness often. But in that day, righteousness will dwell there. It will live there. It will be the way of the new heavens and the new earth. I didn't see this till just this morning. But it's not only that, that Peter's telling us, this is how you wait. To, to wait for Jesus is to live for Jesus. But it's also how we hurry. How we hurry in our lives. And it's verse 14. Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, strive to be found by Him at peace, without spot or blemish. As you're waiting for these things, the word strive is the word hurry. Hurry up! Do these things and and be quick about it. Hurry up and, and be about that which is spotless and without blemish. Hurry up and be about that which is righteous, that which is good. I mean, isn't that good news? I may even be better news than how to wait because I know a lot of times I hurry up and waste my time in a hurry for absolutely nothing. It was a couple months ago. I had a meeting on the other side of town on Edwards Avenue. And I was in a hurry because uh, too many things going on, threw the stuff in my bag, grabbed it, vaguely remembered, ah, oh, it's on Edwards Avenue, this is the name of the building, didn't quite remember the address, but I, you know, 20 minutes, zoom over there. I don't know if I sped or not, but I confessed that last week. <laughs> Hurried up and down Edwards Avenue two or three times, trying to figure out, is this the place where I'm supposed to go? I don't know. I don't find it, so now I'll forget this. 20 minutes back. Whole hour wasted hurrying. You ever do that? You ever hurry up for nothing? Isn't it good news? That Jesus says, if you want to hurry, here's what you hurry up for. This is what always has value. This is what has eternal value. Hurry up. In godliness. and righteousness. Hurry up. And wait by, by carrying out the, the spiritual pathways of worship, of fellowship, of prayer, meditation, fasting. Uh, let me remind you, next month that we have communion. That first uh, uh, Sunday of uh, January, we'll, we'll, that Saturday, we'll, we will fast together in a creative way. Before we have communion, but that's just a reminder. You'll, you'll hear more about that. Hurry up, floss your teeth. If you recall it's our little metaphor for reading and studying the Scripture because it's that thing we know is good for us, but for some reason it's so hard to do. Isn't that good news? I mean, I know I have a number of teenagers that ask me, "Why do we have to study this stuff?" I mean, I'm never going to use it in life. Right? And what's your usual answer? It's on the test, so there you go. Or yes, you will. You never know. You try to find some reason. I don't have to do that here. To hurry up to pursue righteousness, godliness, and goodness. That's what life is about. That's what life is about here. That's what life is about for all of eternity. Peter tells us not only how to wait, but how to hurry. The second coming is, is just as good news, if not more good news, than the first. Because when that happens, the battle of following Jesus. In this in between time is over. I mean, the first coming secures our salvation, secures our life in Him. The second coming completes it, it finishes it, completes our living in Him. And communion, as we gather here, is not only a remembrance of His first coming, but also. Hearkening to the second. Reminding us and encouraging us of that heavenly feast when we will all gather at the the wedding banquet to come. And there the battle will be over. And there we will enjoy Him and enjoy one another face to face without obstacle. This is a reminder of that. This is just a taste of that feast to come. Yeah, open the doors. Let them all come in. How do we wait? Be at ease. God comes like a gentle shepherd. And he loves you as much as, as trite and clicheous as this is, it's still just as true. God loves you just as you are. How do we wait? We live in in purity, righteousness, godliness. Because God loves us just as we are. And He loves us so much, He doesn't want us to stay that way. To wait for Jesus is to live for Jesus. Amen. As is our habit in this service, when we have a communion, we will have uh, communion stations and also healing stations. We could even call the healing stations today rescue stations. A way that we enact God's rescue for us. And there will be uh, some officers in the church, elders and deacons that have little vials of oil, want to anoint you with oil and and pray for you, for for whatever needs rescuing today. Um, If it's for you, for a loved one, whatever it might be, I uh, uh, invite you to come forward during this time for a prayer of of healing. And I'll ask uh, the officers that will be uh, doing healing stations to go ahead and come forward now and find your your place just so you'll know where they are. At the same time, you'll see communion stations. And there uh, you'll find a, a basket of bread. And what uh, and you'll see someone with a cup. And what you're to do is come forward, grab one piece of bread, dip it in the cup, and there receive is from the Lord's table. Feel free as well if you if you need at this time to come and simply kneel here or kneel in your seat or somewhere else. Or if if the Lord has brought to your mind someone that um, has either against whom you've sinned or who's sinned against you. Um, and, and you need to leave and go make a telephone call and be made right with them and then come back and receive. Feel free to, to do that as well. If you we need to come forward here, simply kneel and pray. I invite you during this time uh, to do that uh, also. Now as we uh, come to the table, let's, uh, let's pray together.
1: of your blessings to us. We thank you for the word made flesh that dwelt among us. We thank you for those that have been faithful to proclaim your word through the years. And now we come and celebrate at your table. And thank you for Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Lord, this bread, ordinary bread from the store, this cup, grape juice bought in a market, Now we set it aside, we consecrate it to be a witness of the presence of the Lord among us, that Christ came to earth and dwelled among us, that Christ shed his blood on the cross. We come and celebrate and thank you for this gift. And Lord, we pray that as we partake, as we come to you for healing and wholeness, that our lives in deed would be consecrated and renewed that we might be living witnesses of your presence we offer our prayers in Jesus name Amen
0: it was on the night that our Lord was betrayed that he took the bread he broke it saying this is my body that is broken for your rescue come and eat On the same night, he took the cup, saying, This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink, for I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom.